0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 169 are open. This week on the show, we're talking about Nintendo's busy lawyers, busy going about suing people and bringing up... Disputes with people oh. God oh. Oh. <laughs> There are a bunch of uh, Mean people over there Oh legalities Yes uh, Some huge Capcom Data breaches And Much more And to talk all about that Is my best mate It's Bryce weird Yeah it's us In the
1: live Farm studio <laughs> Yeah so, so we're
0: Somewhere different today Where we haven't recorded
1: Oh my god What a mess
0: And yeah, it's a bit different today It's a bit weird I'll take a photo And put it on um, Twitter I think throughout the show Just to show What we're working with But um We had a bit of change in weather today and it brought in the storm. We lost power. We came out to the farm to see if they had any power out there. They didn't. So we sat around talking and drinking a few Coca-Colas and getting out to shenanigans.
1: And we get a text message saying it's all back.
0: It's all back. So now we're in the spare bedroom at my parents' place. Yeah. So yeah. We, we're literally sitting on the ground with our microphones and there's little tables. So sorry if there is a bit more of an echo or the sound quality
1: is a bit less than usual Yeah. Um, because of that reason. Cutting our already short time already shorter, like mm. this this whole thing. Like, my God. I just can't believe it. He's like, okay. <laughs> so story time. Uh, Drew decided to get up and, you know, Go see what's going on or whatever, and walk around the house, doing something, doing something with himself. Anyway, know, I'm doing something wrong. And, you know, we heard we heard a thunderclap or two. We're like, oh, yeah, you know. And then Drew went and looked out the window and he's like, holy shit, what happened to the weather? Because it was sunshiny as all hell it's this morning. beautiful day. It's an absolutely beautiful mm. day. He's like, oh, it's gone all overcast and shit. And I said, yeah, well, you know, it changes pretty quickly. And then comes back in and he goes, well, I hope we don't get, go without power. <laughs> 30 seconds later, what happens? The power goes out. Power fucking goes out. So, <laughs> like, all right. So we tried we tried a couple backup solutions. We're like, all right, farm. All right, let's go. So we come come out here, right? And we're like, well, the phone's ringing through, so there must be power. No, there's <laughs> not. So um, we're like, all right. Well, you know what? Have a Coca Cola, chill out, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we we'll, we'll, I suppose we'll just piss off after that. Yep, no worries. And then, uh, yeah, now here we are, just as we're, you know, almost considering leaving. Power comes back on.
0: Thank God for that.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know if we would have
0: had a show this week, Bryce. No, I don't think so. It was very close to uh, missing out on the episode, but here we are. Talk about all the Nintendo things that happened this week, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I guess just before we get into the the gaming side of things, uh, it has been an interesting week just to be a South Australian. Yes, a bit it has. weird. So for anyone that uh, is outside of Australia and um, I guess uh, hasn't heard this on their uh, news, but we've basically gone into lockdown this week because uh, coronavirus was found uh, at a small pizza joint in Adelaide, but it was very very quickly turned around again because it turned out that the coronavirus was not caught at that location. It was actually caught at a... uh, another location in the hotel where people were self uh, quarantining
1: yeah which which we already um, you know they already knew about it it was like the the powerfield cluster they called it mm-hmm. um so uh, they um, it was it was one fellow got it he was working at a me hotel and also working part-time at a pizza joint um, he passed it on to his family members went to about 14 people or whatever and it eventually grew to about I think it's at 26 at the moment. And, um, yeah, then another person from the same pizza joint that was talking to him was like, oh, well, I've got it. <laughs> Turns out that he did actually get it from his coworker. He was not a customer at the pizza, pizza joint like he had said to the authorities. And, uh, yeah, so they could link it all back to the one place. They thought that that one guy was from a completely different source. And that was the reason we went into lockdown because we had no contact tracing on him. Yeah, so the whole
0: state went into a lockdown
1: for one
0: guy's small why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Chantel actually brought up that maybe the guy at the pizza joint, he was just being paid cash. So he didn't want to like, say that he actually worked there because he wasn't technically on the books. That could have been a reason why.
1: You know what? Yeah, then that that makes a lot of sense actually.
0: So, you know, you can, like there's there's lots of reasons if the, if the government's asking you questions, you're like, you know what, you don't need to know. Every little aspect of my life. You don't need to know that I'm being paid cash here and whatever. No, but maybe when it's uh, these type of questions relating to uh, maybe security of the state, as far as a, a global pandemic goes. Well, like, yeah,
1: because shut down businesses and everything, yeah. and you know that's money lost. And
0: yeah, well, my my partner, you know, got shut down for all of this week. Mm-hmm. And she's just been sitting around sort of twiddling her thumbs, sort of wondering what to do and thinking about other jobs she can do in the meantime because it was expected to be um, two weeks for gyms. So, yeah, it's been a hell of a, a hell of a week, but it is, it is funny how um, <laughs> I was watching the news and there was, they were interviewing people out and about because of the restrictions being lifted uh, before the actual lockdown was finished. And there was people on the news saying, oh, thank God, I really hate being locked inside and that. And I'm just thinking like, you know what, guys? It was a day and a half, <laughs> and people in Victoria and like Melbourne, especially, who have been locked down for months. Just like, I couldn't even imagine what they would be thinking. Just like, oh, I felt <laughs> a bit, it was a bit cringy, but yeah, um, it has impacted a lot of businesses and that pretty negatively, just around our area alone. So, um, shout outs to you know everyone who's been affected and
1: support local businesses. Yeah, absolutely. You know that's that's something that gets thrown a lot around here. Mm. you know a lot of people say it and you know if if any time is true it's especially now you know um these these few days off they cost businesses a lot of money and that's not a good thing so Mm. best to support them and get them back on their feet and you know whether it'd be like your your local supermarket that's independently owned or your your pub or the flower shop or something like that you know if you've if you've got the money to spare support absolutely Mm. So, Bryce, moving on
0: to Nintendo news, we got a truck ton of stuff to go through. We'll go through it as efficiently as we can because mm-hmm. uh, we've been cut short a bit of time thanks About to... About an hour, yeah. Yeah, thanks to power outages. But the, the, the biggest release of the month... Uh, a big title we've been waiting for for a few months now. So Horror Warriors Age of Calamity came out a couple of days ago at the time of recording, came out Friday. We're recording this on Sunday. Yes. Um, I haven't had an opportunity to play it yet because I've been doing a couple of of other things and, um, you know, whatever type of thing. But uh, I think uh, our main content for that game will be our spoiler cast when we get around to finishing it and um, putting all our thoughts and... Everything about the story and all of that into one episode. Mm-hmm. So expect that maybe midway December sometime. Yeah. Um, but Bryce, you played the demo, and I don't know if you got to play a bit of the full yeah. game itself. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So what are your sort of
1: very uh, like beginning uh, thoughts of the game? Uh, if I can play Mifa every every frigging level, I do. I'll play Mifa every friggin' level. You like Mifa? Mifa's fun. Yeah. It's like um, it was the same thing with Ruto as well in the original Hyrule Warriors, where they just make the Zoras like really fast and floaty, mm. which is like, I don't know, just just something about it's really good. Um, so yeah, definitely my favorite character, I reckon. Um, I obviously haven't played all of them yet. I've only done um the Zora part of the story, but to be completely honest with you, it just fits my aesthetic person. Uh, like personally, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of just like, all right. I think I know what I'm focusing on <laughs> when it comes to this game. So I'll probably just uh stick with that and um yeah. But no uh the uh It was it was nice actually the first the first little romp that I did. I feel like it um did a bit more for me than what the demo did. Um so just I guess I guess light light spoilers, not anything too big for for's little part there. Um it is it is more or less just um, you know Zora's domains coming under attack, and you know Sidon's gone out on his own, and you're like, oh god, he's gone. <laughs> and at the at this point, obviously Sidon's a baby, so you're kind of like, mm, yeah. Anyway, um, and it did feel like there was a little bit more care and love put into the cutscenes than before there, and the interactions and stuff like that. I feel like it was probably a little bit better handled. Um, I'd like to see where it goes going forward because obviously you know everything changes and it doesn't necessarily mean that the whole game's fixed for me yet but it, it was definitely a positive step forward than it was in the demo which is good yeah because you're feeling like the story was being rushed and uh characters yeah. weren't being
0: explored uh, quite enough to what you were, were expecting so mm-hmm. that's good to hear because when you said that in your episode a couple of weeks ago i was like oh no Cause that's that's exactly what I want from it. Like to be honest, I'd be more than happy just to uh, sit down and watch like a Twitch stream of this game and just get the story and mm, watch yeah, it. Yes, yeah. uh, I'm hoping that the gameplay will win me over when I do play it. And it's 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 good. It looks fun. Like when the people are just like going flat out, just like going ham on these like big enemies. of like, wow, that actually looks pretty fun. Yeah. There's some like gameplay clips I've seen where it's just
1: like, you know, what is actually happening? Yeah. (laughs) It's like three guardians and. there There is tactile gameplay as well too about it, which makes it all the more interesting as well. Like every character can use runes and runes are used to counter specific like enemy attacks. You've still got Flurry Rush if you can pull it off effectively. It's harder to pull off than it is in Breath of the Wild, but it is still possible and there's huge benefits to it. Um, but, uh, you know, with the runes still being centric to how the game sort of operates in terms of like what you can do to enemies or, you know, whatever in Breath of the Wild, you might stuff around with magnesis or bombs to kill enemies. It's the same here, but you can use it, use them to like interrupt their big attacks and put them into stun mode and knock them down and all that stuff. And like, that's still present here. It it, it feels a lot more fleshed out than your typical Musou game from Koei, which is good. And I feel like, um... I feel like Dynasty Warriors um which is obviously their main musou. I feel like it's always been very stagnant in what it what it displays. It doesn't do any, you know, particularly complicated mechanics or what have you. And even Hyrule Warriors didn't really either, but I feel like going forward they're trying to sort of with especially with this. I'm not sure about Scramble. Um I'm hoping Scramble sort of the same thing where it has its own little mechanics with um, personas and all that stuff, but obviously I haven't had the opportunity to play that yet. It's not out in English. I'm not going to import it. Um, mm. But in in high, in Warriors: Age of Calamity, it's really well thought out to sort of keep the idea of uh, Breath of the Wild in mind. So you know, I, I think it's pretty good overall, and there's there's depth to it, and I think uh, it's going to be a pretty good experience going forward. So um, just hopefully it keeps up them them story pacings, and that's what it needs to do. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting into it and, getting, and I'm I'm sure by the time this podcast actually comes out, I would have spent a few hours with it anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Like I said, I, I reckon you'll enjoy it. It just takes a little bit of adjustment, but you'll get there.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah,
1: so I guess yesterday all I pretty much played was uh, Pokemon Go. There was a community
0: day that uh, featured uh, Magmar uh, as a shiny and I'm like, I didn't even know about it until probably like the last three hours. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, there's a community day because... <laughs> I think there was an Electabuzz Community Day maybe last week or two weeks ago, and um, someone in our Discord, I think it was Meta, actually said, hey, did anybody actually participate in this? I'm like... Didn't know what was on. <laughs> I completely forgot about it. I've been sort of out of the loop. So, yeah, just a pretty standard Community Day. I ended up with four uh, Shiny Magma. My um, second one was Shiny. I'm like, wow, my luck's really good. Then, like 100 later, I still didn't have one more. I'm like, okay, well, that's
1: how the cookie crumbles, I guess. Yeah, I didn't bother with it personally um i saw it and i was like that's nice but we're still in lockdown and to be honest like on the community day i might go out for an hour and sit at the poker stops or something and just absolutely smash them and see like sort of change my luck but my only option outside of that is incense and to be honest i was doing other things that day and really did not want to just sit there and wait for a magma every minute to pop up (laughs) so i'm like yeah no i'll just pass for now i'm not
0: overly interested. yeah, see, I was just doing it. I had my iPad up and I was just throwing a pokeball here and there, and I was actually playing a game called Hotshot Hotshot Racing, which came out in September and I was playing, um I found out about it because it's on Xbox game Pass, but it's on p s four and switch and every and a PC as well. And it's just like a, it's basically like a throwback to like the old arcade races mm-hmm. from the 90s, like Daytona and all that type of thing.
1: Daytona. Yep.
0: And like, I, I really love those types of games and you, you only sort of play them like every now and again when you feel like, you know, spending two bucks and sitting down on the machine and playing it like that. But this was like a really well done arcade racer and it's got like multiple characters, multiple modes I just I was just basically going through the going through the GP in the arcade mode just um going through the Xbox Live achievements just yeah. like ch- chipping them off doing silly little things there was an achievement for uh doing like a reverse doing a reverse over the um start oh, the finish line mm-hmm. in, in first place and like but the thing is with this game like the rubber banding is so aggressive that you never get that far in front to be like all right I'm going to just be a smart ass and do a reverse <laughs> here and there. Because, you know, in the, in Mario Kart, you know, you if you're playing like CPUs and you are pretty good at the game, you can get away with like doing a cheeky little, yeah, I'm going to reverse over and be a smart ass. But in this game, I didn't see any opportunity to sort of try and pull that off. Yeah. So I was trying to do like a, a maneuver where I do like a drift and I drift like right around then like instantly reverse back. Lock
1: it in reverse, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I just, I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure how to do that one, but. Um, I definitely recommend this game if you're after an arcade racer. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe having a few friends over when it comes to like sometime like new year's type of thing and picking up a couple of controllers and being able to play two player because it really was just like a fantastic, uh, just a, a version of like these arcade races. Um, there's like different, there's like there's a mode called cops and robbers where uh, you're either playing as a cop or a robber and you're trying to take down uh, like the, the other team and I didn't find that one as fun. I just found myself like blowing up it <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um. So I didn't do that one too much, but the racing is really good. Like it's you, uh, you accelerate with um, the uh, right trigger and like, it's like a standard racing controls and uh, the, the drifting is really satisfying when you drift, you build up your, like your NOS boost pretty much. And uh, you press uh, the B button to activate that and just found it really satisfying. Yeah, so it's thirty bucks on the eShop. It's free on Xbox Game Pass. So um, check it out if you're interested. I probably would. I reckon it's a fantastic title to put in your wish list if it goes on sale on Switch, and if you have access to PC or something. Obviously, it's uh, free with a um, ten dollars subscription. Yeah. So yeah, good. Yeah, and uh, to finish off off on some games we've been playing, Bryce, you've been playing a bit of a Call of Duty. I have. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. What do you think? Um, it's not bad. Um oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I think I think uh, something that a lot of people aren't really taking with a grain of salt is that this year Cod has fallen on an odd cycle again. Um, so the news is pretty pretty straightforward. Um, there was three call of duty developers and that would cycle so that each each team would have three years to develop a game. Um, this time around, that was not the case. Uh, and sledgehammer had been removed from their lineup, so they wanted Treyarch to force out their next Call of Duty. So they'd been working Hammer and Tong to get the next one out, and um, in comes Black Ops Cold War. So uh, it, it's it's sort of a little lacking in content at the moment in terms of like multiplayer maps, and there's only one zombies map, um, mm. which is sort of like oh you know that's a little bit disappointing considering most. Um, most games from Treyarch have been coming with, you know, at least 12 maps with three zombies maps sort of thing. So it does feel a little bit lacking in content. However, um, the way the COD model works these days is there's no season pass. So you actually receive all the content for free and then they just make money off battle pass these days. Um, so in the future anyway, you're going to get that content. So it's not, it's not too much of a problem. Um, I know that a lot of people have a problem with the current matchmaking system, and it's seeming um, very blatant. It's a, um, a skill-based ma- uh, skill-based matchmaking system, but it's like sort of modified to some degree. Um, it's it's really hard to explain. There's there's like whole things on the internet about it or whatever. But if you're just looking to shoot people, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, but it's what the internet's mostly blowing up about at the moment. So the multiplayer is sort of it's it's relatively bare bones, which I can't say is entirely bad because COD for a while has been kind of a complicated affair um, and has changed drastically with each release ever since um, Black Ops. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's okay for where it's at now. It's not the strongest COD multiplayer, but it's also not in, it's not also not unenjoyable. It's definitely fun. It's definitely fun when it's. Uh, when it's working out for you, um, the campaign uh, I've only played two missions of because unfortunately they started it, they suffered a problem that Modern Warfare Modern Warfare also had, which was that for some people just for some reason it will make you re-download the whole game again for a simple hot fix. Um, really disappointing that I had to do that, so I cut the campaign out of my installation because right now I don't really care. <laughs> um, I know that it's really good and it's a sequel to one of my favorite COD campaigns ever, but. I can pass on it for now and I can wait until my series X turns up. So I can't say much about the campaign other than it looks pretty good. (laughs) Um, And then uh, zombies is probably the best, the best thing that they've done so far. Um, They've put like more of a progression system in zombies that allows you to get more powerful as you play more and more, which definitely helps zombies monotony of doing the same thing over and over again. Um, Mm. Now you're doing Similar things over and over again, but getting more powerful doing it. So you actually feel like you're progressing, um, which is fantastic. The map is like a reimagining of the first ever zombies map with um, the options to like go outside of the area and go underneath into like a secret base thing where, you know, the Nazis had been hiding experimentations and all this stuff. And it's uh, overall, it's really fun. Um, and I definitely feel like it's a good step up for zombies and that we're sort of moving away from the monotonous jump into zombies, find the pack a punch and do the Easter egg. And that's, you Mm. know, something that's been a real problem with zombies for a while, I suppose. And why people are sort of the, the only thing that was really entrapping people was doing the Easter eggs. Um, but these days, yeah, it's not, um, it's not so, it's not so much like that. You can sort of, um, Progress in zombies and it will carry over to multiplayer. So, any levels that you get, any weapon levels you get, that all counts for multiplayer experience as well. So, you have the option of playing cooperative gameplay like zombies, or you have the option of playing player versus player, and you're still progressing regardless of what you choose to play. So, yeah, it's pretty good overall. I'm definitely, that's definitely the time I've sunk most, most of my hours into. And the problem is, is I'm waiting for my Series X to come so I can play it on that rather than my one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, because I haven't played Call of Duty in a couple, couple of years now. I think the last one I really got into was Advanced Warfare. So that might have been three or four years ago at this, this point and just played through the campaign. So I'm actually at the point now where I'm actually quite keen to play through another campaign and um, yeah. over the summertime actually enjoy some multiplayer and stuff on my new consoles. So i yeah, well, looking
1: forward to it. I know one person that's finished the campaign and he said that it's pretty good but doesn't want to discuss it with me until I've finished it. And I've said, well, I'll finish it when I get my Series X because I'm not reinstalling it again if it's going to take you know, 40 gigabyte download. Mm. <laughs> I'd rather just wait for my new console to come and install it there then. Yeah, I'm sure it's just going to be like a roller coaster of explosions and big set pieces, which is cool. Uh, maybe, but um, it, it's... It's carrying on from Black Ops 1, which Black Ops 1 has a lot of, like, mind play sort Mm. of thing. So, um, you know, I've got high expectations for it. Everybody reckons it's probably the best one they've done in a while, so it's
0: good. Yeah, especially since the campaign's now done by Raven, so I'm just keen to see what a new take is on the campaign rather than, you know, the other three studios which have been doing it last few years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, Bryce. Let's uh let's move on. Let's go into some news. Let's get through it. We got a we got a ton of stuff to talk about today. Smash through it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah! Bika Bika! Is that all? all right.
1: I fight for my friends. Woohoo! My body is still. Alive. I fight mate from over that. <laughs> Oh god, damn it! You just—you st- just ruined my transition into it. I was, yeah, you yeah, know, I was gonna say I fight for my friends, but for some reason, my tongue tied just then. I was oh wait, like, oh wait, I was—I was late. Yeah, I was, about, I was
0: about to say, Bryce, you missed it. So you weren't actually meant to say it like that. No, <laughs> I thought you were just being a dickhead. You, <laughs> no, I'm like, no, why? my tongue tied. Am I doing a podcast here? You don't just my, get- my mouth. <laughs> my mouth
1: is dry from the coke. <laughs>
0: it doesn't <laughs> wet my
1: whistle. It dries it. Everyone's going to think it's cocaine. Like, you've been trying to eat cocaine. Yeah, I've been trying to eat cocaine, guys. It's <laughs> like flour, it sticks to your throat, you know? Because, like, you know, a Coke is a nicer quenching uh, beverage. Quenching? I wouldn't say it's quenching. You like, <laughs> you like get that semblance of quench for like 30 seconds, and you're like. Mm, I feel the sugar. See,
0: <laughs> I, I made a grave mistake. I'm sat down here. I'm like nestled in. But I, I left my Coke on the windowsill. <laughs> so I've got to read all this uh, and I'm going to get parched. So anyway, stop uh, stop wasting my time, Ross. Let's uh, jump to the first story. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got plenty of time. You're the one who's got to get get away. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, can, I can keep you here as long as I want, but no. you're, you're going to get in trouble.
1: Yes. you got to go and pick I up got, the kids, I don't got, you? I've got to pick up the kids. You uh, you're rude, boo. Why can't they pick up themselves, you know? I mean, they can try, but I don't think that their arms are strong enough.
0: <laughs> so the first story is from GamesIndustry.biz and the title is Nintendo Orders Cancellation of Smash Bros. Tournament Over Mod Use. So the article reads, Nintendo host blocked an independent Super Smash Bros. tournament due to the organizers' use of mods and according to the platform holder, illegal copies of the game. The Big House is an annual US Smash Bros. fan uh, convention that's been running since 2011. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, the 2020 event was set to take place online, running from December 4th to the 6th. The tournament was to focus on the Switch title Super Smash Bros Ultimate and fan-favorite GameCube outing Super Smash Bros Melee. They the, uh, later launched without online functionality, which means the tournament often have to rely on Dolphin, a GameCube and Wii emulator with fan-made modifications. Uh, one such mod is Slippy, which was released earlier this year and improves the online uh, infrastructure in a way that makes it smooth enough for competitive matches. The Big House intended to use this, but Nintendo of America issued a cease and desist order uh, to block the event. Quote, we were informed we do not have permission to host or broadcast the event, primarily due to the issues of Slippy, uh, the team said in a statement via Twitter. Sadly, all our competitions are affected. We are focused to comply with the order and cancel the Big House online uh, for both Melee and Ultimate. A refund information will be sent shortly. We apologize to all those impacted, end quote. In a statement to Kotaku, a Nintendo spokesman said the company, quote, appreciates the love and dedication for Smash Bros. amongst the fighting game community and highlighted that not only uh, has it partnered with various tournaments, both online and offline, in the past, but will continue to do so in the future. In this instance, it was the use of the illeg- legally copied version of the game, as well as Slippy, that Nintendo took issue with. The spokesman cl- uh, claims Nintendo asked the tournament organisers to stop this. Uh, "Quote: They ref- they refused, leaving Nintendo no choice but to step in and protect its intellectual property and brands." Uh, end quote. Uh, the statement uh, concluded: Nintendo cannot condone or allow piracy of its intellectual property. So this uh, had a bit of a stink in the uh, Super Smash Bros. community over the last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big tournament was uh, brought to its knees by Nintendo's lawyers. Uh, we've got a lot of stories about Nintendo's lawyers getting busy and earning their cash. But yeah, this was a big one, Bryce. Bryce, what do you uh, what do you think of this one?
1: Um, look, I know a lot of a lot of people are upset about it, like really upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. And um, a lot of people are concerned for the one man behind it all because he quit his job (laughs) to work on this modification and, you know, run this and all that stuff. And you know what? Uh, That's cool uh, and everything, but that's also not Nintendo's fault if he decided to do that. And I think a lot of people are sort of, you know, jumping on that a bit. They're like, you know... uh, he quit his job out of the realisation that he was doing a passion project, not something that he's legally allowed to make money off of, um, which I don't know what the refund statement is about, whether he was like... Yeah, well, the refunds for, I guess, people's tickets and stuff for the event because
0: uh, the event was cancelled.
1: Which would have covered some mm. of his costs, which is technically earning money off of an intellectual property that's not his. Um, so there's problems in that as well. Um and look, uh, the other thing is, is why can't they compensate people like this that put the love and passion into it? Um, which is an argument that I hear a lot as well. Uh, I'm aware of the Resident Evil, uh, after a conversation with a uh, listener of the show, a friend of the show, Meta, um, you know, I'm uh, 100% aware that um, there are companies that do that and they do support those people that share love for their games and uh, such and such. Um, but I do want to make mention that uh, Nintendo, out of any other gaming property in the world, is probably the one that's most modded and messed Mm. with and such and so. Um, So trying to treat every person that ever makes anything individually out of passion for Nintendo like they are a special case is not something that's going to happen ever, I'm afraid to say. Um, If that were the case, you know, the the 80 plus completed Pokemon mods would have to be, you know, the creators of them would have to be compensated. You've got, you know, the 50, 50 odd Mario 64 mods that were created. They'd have to be compensated. And then you've got all the Zelda mods that have to be compensated. It's like at the end of the day, there's just a lot of modded versions of Nintendo stuff going around. Mm. And, you know, Slippy is no different to any of those. It is a passion project. It is something that somebody worked really hard on. Um, But if you start treating one person with special treatment out of all of these people that have developed something out of passion for Nintendo properties, you all of a sudden have to you know, treat them as all the same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's not so much like the maker of slippy. It's just like the organizers and the people attending this tournament. Well, that as well. So it, it's not, it's, it is, it is actually kind of black and white, just like the different sides of this. Obviously there's people who have had a shit year. Coronavirus has impacted everyone in you know different ways, but it's impacted everybody. People, especially in the U S uh, you know, who are very conscious about this are stuck inside, not much else to do. There are the tools to make this work. Obviously, uh, Nintendo doesn't have their own online version of Melee, and uh, you know this uh, mod allows them to do it safely from their own homes, mm-hmm. not having to worry about going out and social distancing, and you know <laughs> bringing their own controllers and sanitizing. It'll be like it'll be it's not going to happen in person. No. So there are the tools to make it work, and Nintendo's like uh, they're putting a stop to it. And you, you can you can see from Nintendo's perspective if they don't look after their IP, you know people are gonna r- run away with it and you know I don't make even- it into something else. And there's also a thing as well when if you don't sort of uh, actively uh, look after your IP, you can lose it as well. So if it's something like
1: Melee, you know you've got to sort of try and. I guess uh look after it since it is an old game. I don't even think it's just entirely just that, though. Like, I agree with that entirely. But the other thing still relays back to that same point is that if you give one person special treatment, mm. all of a sudden you have to give a whole bunch of other people special treatment. And look at all those games that have sort of been taken down, like uh, AM2R or... Uh, <laughs> yeah, which was a good reason why they took that you, down because they had their own... yeah version of it or a pokemon uranium and stuff like that like games that literally you know one they have to be taken down like that is just something that has to be done anything that sort of grows to out of hand they they catch aware of they're gonna take it down like radical red's probably the next thing that's gonna get taken down that's like everything i want a pokemon game is like difficulty access to everything you know all that It, it looks awesome and it does um, I know a friend that's played that and he's, he's like, oh yeah, it's awesome. And I would love to play it. But at the same time, it's like, I just know that it's it's going. Because at the end of the day, you, it doesn't matter if they're like, ah, yes, that is good. We would like to see more of that. Um, they're kind of like, well, if we give that one person special treatment, we bring them into our studio and give them a job position or whatever. It's just like all these people are going to be like, but what about my project? And yeah. like, you can't, you can't do it. I know that it is extremely disappointing, especially during this time that with coronavirus, obviously, uh, that having something as good as Slippy to, you know, do these sort of things is awesome. Like it, it is, it is a real good bit of technical Marvel engineering to make a twenty-year-old game work on netplay like that, um, to the to the level it was because its net coding's super good. Mm. Um, but you know, if you give him if you give him that win and they just let him do it, then you're going to have those people from AM2R or, you know, you're going to have those developers from Pokemon Uranium who yeah. have also had things sent against them go, the, well, why the fuck aren't we allowed to do it then? The floodgates the will be open. Exactly. Everyone, so, yeah. like, And this is the problem is that Nintendo does have so many people that are passionate about modifying and... You know, messing with their games. There's obviously like heaps of Super Mario 64 ROM hacks out there that are almost more popular in some sense to the original Mario 64 in terms of like the speedrunning community and stuff like that. And it, it's, you just can't.
0: Yeah. And like, to, for Nintendo's credit, they did say, hey, you can't use it. And the big house, the organization refused. And, like, in their quote here, like, Nintendo says, like, they refuse leaving Nintendo no choice but to step in and protect its intellectual property and brands.
1: That's right. So, you know. And they shut down their ultimate tournament as well, but they did that out of a hissy fit more than anything. Like, they they could have just said, okay. We'll just do the ultimate tournament. Yeah, that,
0: it, was, it was as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Melee is probably more uh, sought, after. sought after in that community, but, you know, you can't do an official paid ticketed event for a mod no. <laughs> of their game. So yeah, yeah, it it is. It is a shame from that perspective, but yeah, absolutely. It is what it is. You know,
1: don't get me wrong. I love fan projects, and I think they're awesome. But at the end of the day, you know, this is that is what it comes down to. One, they were they were selling tickets for an event that is of a Nintendo property that they obviously didn't have permission for, using a modification that they obviously didn't have permission for, Mm. and then they refused Nintendo's dispute. And then said, well, if we're not allowed to play Melee, we're not playing Ultimate to promote that. And it's just like, okay, then don't. Yeah, It's like then, you know, at the end of the day, I get it. You know, it is a 20-year-old game and a lot of people want to see it be freed and sort of played the way it is. And unfortunately, it is just a case of the time in where coronavirus is the problem that they can't just go and organise an actual physical event and that sucks but in terms of Nintendo doing this as an actual problem it has been going on for years it is because they are not allowed to give people special treatment because if they do then all of a sudden the community is going to crack up about that anyway so they're at a loss loss here no matter what you do they are going to get people who complain yeah if if you want to mo- if you want to uh, monetize
0: something whether it be an event or a game or whatever it may be just Make sure it's your own IP or it's legal <laughs> to do it. Well, that's I think, right. I think that's the thing to say. Anyway, we'll move on uh, to another gamesindustry.biz article. And this one is Nintendo suing yet another Switch hack reseller. So the uh, the article reads, Nintendo has taken legal action against another reseller of products that enable Switch owners to play pirated games. Uh, its target this time is Amazon seller Lee Ho- Hogan. Uh, uh, Minhee um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to assume <laughs> your names, that's right. You and names. Yes, yes, especially maybe Hong Kong names, uh, which it reports has been selling a, a circumvention device named Uh, known as the RGM loader that enables people to jailbreak the switch. This allows them to load custom firmware and homebrew software, but it also opens up the uh, console to pirated games. According to court documents obtained and shared by Polygon, the reseller's unlawful conduct is causing, uh, is causing and will continue to cause Nintendo uh, significant financial harm. Uh, uh, Internally, uh, Nintendo issued a DMCA takedown note, notice to the seller, demanding the Amazon listing be removed. The seller responded with a counterclaim, which uh, compelled Amazon to re-list the project, uh, product until Nintendo filed a um, another lawsuit. Uh, that lawsuit was filed in Seattle earlier this week when Nintendo is accusing uh, Minhee of two counts of trafficking devices that violate U, uh, U.S. law and one for abuse of DMCA counter-notification. In the filing, filing, the platform holder said video game piracy was a serious, worsening international problem. and This suit is the latest effort from Nintendo to fight it. Nintendo filed two lawsuits against rese- uh, resellers who sold pr- products from the hacking group team, executter, earlier this year. It has since been granted a permanent uh, interjunction with one of these cases and secured a victory in the other, receiving a $2 million settlement. Two leaders of Exicata were arrested last month, each charged with 11 felony counts. While Exicata was not specifically mentioned in the case uh, against Minhing, uh, Nintendo does observe that the um, RCM loader can be used to introduce the e- uh, SXOS software, an XD cutter hack to the Switch. Uh, many copies of the SXOS software and similar unauthorized custom firmware remain in the marketplace because of entities like Defendant like uh, like defendant, who continue to traffic and in- uh, devices like the MCM loader, uh, the file reads, Nintendo is seeking damages of 2.5 million per infringement by Minhin. And uh, as the destruction or, uh, as a as the destruction of all its products that will enable people to circumvent the Switch's anti-piracy measures. So I guess this is a, you can't really argue against this one. No. So hacking the switch, allowing piracy um, and, custom firmware to be loaded onto the thing.
1: That's right. Yeah. You can't, you can't do anything about that (laughs) no matter what way they are. You know, they lose money off that. Mm. Yeah. Definitely.
0: And and this was something uh, I guess uh, Nintendo was worried about in the first year of the switch because of the sort of exploit you were able to do just by putting like a pin in and reloading it and being able to quite easily hack into it without any other tools really. Mm. That's right. Yeah. so now there's actually like devices out there which are allowed to homebrew your stuff, but you know if you want to uh, continue to see these games coming out, you gotta you gotta support them with your own your own money. That's right. Yeah, so you can't just pirate everything and get the Nintendo game
1: of your dreams because they'll say, well,
0: no one bought uh, Legend of Zelda because everyone pirated it, so we can't fund the next one.
1: <laughs> and that's and that's true for literally any other IP on the planet too. Yeah, you know you gotta support the things you love.
0: Yeah, an F zero game finally comes out and everyone pirates it, you know. Yeah, then
1: and it'll be devastating. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so this this is a one. Um, so we just read a story about it's very fair that Nintendo was uh, going against it, but this one not so much. So as as a trend with the last two stories, this is from GameIndustry.biz. The title is Nintendo faces yet another Joy-Con drift lawsuit. And <laughs> the article reads, a new class action lawsuit has been filed against Nintendo of America regarding the Switch's Joy-Con drift. The lawsuit was filed in a Seattle court, Polygon reported, and claims that the Switch is defective due to the Joy-Con controllers registering a movement without the user command. Uh, this uh, uh, defect significantly uh, interferes with the gameplay, and this compromises the Switch and the Joy-Con's controllers' uh, Core functionality. The lawsuit read. read. Um, In the plentiful commissioned by an an, uh, assessment of a technical uh, expert who noted that the cause of the drift is uh, extensive wear on the pad surface of the Joy-Con's interior. Um, As the steel brush inside of the Joy-Con move back and forth, they rub away at the carbon uh, material that makes up the pad, which charges its electrical resistance and leads the drift phenomenon, the expert noted. Uh, The difference in the uh, surface uh, hardness between the steel brush and the carbon pad results in excessive wear uh, that collects um, on steel brush tips. This transferred debris accelerates the wear of the pad Uh, The wear of the carbon, uh, known as soft material, by the steel brushes, known as hard material, um, causes the uh, the joysticks to fail. This analysis, in line with the other uh, French consumers organisation, UFCQ, of course, also Uh, which also filed a lawsuit against Nintendo back in September. Back then, the organization noted that the drift was caused by a premature wear and tear of the electronic circuits, um, as well as air tightness defect, which means fragments can easily get inside the Joy-Con. The new lawsuit pointed out that Nintendo is aware of the defect as it's gathered uh, international (laughs) scrutiny, as well as ongoing investigations, uh, including the UFCQ course here, but one, uh, one, but also from other customer uh, ad, ad, advocacy groups uh, in Belgium and Switzerland. Uh, notwithstanding uh, its uh, knowledge of the defect, Nintendo has failed to disclose this material information to consumers, and roughly refuses to repair the Joy Cons without uh, charge when the drift defect manifests. So, a big one uh, there, Bryce. It continues. A lot of people have been affected by the uh, Mm -hmm. the Joy-Con drift. Yeah. So, Nintendo's fighting it, which is interesting.
1: They've got a lot of evidence against them. But we'll see how it finally goes. Like, it's not going to happen anyway. You know, I don't think Nintendo will win that one. I think um, it's been going on for so long now that uh, they really just need to suck it up and... Do something about it. Mm. As somebody that's um, only owned two pairs of Joy-Cons, I'm on my second one now. My first one still ain't dead. Uh, I don't personally have a problem and I've played pretty excessively in handheld mode, so I don't entirely get the problem personally. But uh, if it's if it's going with other people uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just lucky, then, you know, good on me, I suppose. Yeah, we seem like
0: the lucky ones. We haven't actually... We had drift. I yeah. thought I had it, but it was just my pro controller in my backpack. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. I'm like, oh no, I've got drift. I'm like, oh no, it's just my pro controller uh, <laughs> automatically synced up, and
1: yeah, yep,
0: yeah. So here we go, Bryce. Another one from GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, Nintendo publishes Animal Crossing guidelines for businesses. So the article reads, Nintendo published guidelines for businesses and organizations using Animal Crossing New Horizons as a platform. According to these guidelines, companies using the game are allowed to share custom designs with other players, invite them to their island, and share their dream address, uh, which allows players to visit others without having to use the in-game airport. Uh, Businesses can also upload screenshots of the game footage to family-friendly websites, Nintendo said, as well as social networks. However, Nintendo warned companies about uh, about taking part in activities that go beyond the game's rating of Peggy uh, 3, which uh, here is, is it, um, is it G or PG here in Australia? G. Is it G? Mm-hmm. Big old G. It's for everyone. So, quote, uh, Please re- refrain from using the game inappropriately or cr- creating any content within the game that would be considered vulgar, discriminatory or offensive the guidelines read. Interestingly, Nintendo has asked organizations to refrain from bringing politics into the game. (laughs) Uh, US President-elect Joe Biden and its campaign team created eight yard signs in Animal Crossing in September ahead of the uh, uh, presidential election and launched their own island in October. Under Nintendo's new rules, this type of content will no longer be allowed. Nintendo also asked companies to not use Animal Crossing uh, as a marketing platform that directs people to activities or campaigns outside of the game. That includes directing people to a sales page, uh, uh, distributing uh, coupons, uh, sweepstakes, giveaways, requiring customers to follow social network accounts, gathering customers' information, and other invitational activities. Since Animal Crossing New Horizons launch in uh, March, various companies in and outside of the industry have used the game uh, as a way to promote their own product, event, or even job positions at their company. According to the new rules, these would be no longer allowed. Finally, Nintendo asked companies not to seek financial benefit from the game or share false information about it or deceive others, for instance, pretending that they're officially associated with the platform holder. Companies not respecting these guidelines may be prohibited to access the game in the future, Nintendo said. Uh, it added that it may be revisiting those rules down the line as the community evolves. For more information about the monetization of content using footage from Animal Crossing, Nintendo invited users to read the guidelines for the video game image and sharing platforms. So bang. Um, another one, which is it's a bit of a shame because uh, Animal Crossing has just been a gigantic game this year mainly because of its social interactivity people being able to catch up with one another make cool islands share with people you've seen like a, a lot of like a, you know companies embracing it whether it is like Domino's or just you know silly brands doing silly things in the game it's just mm-hmm. been really heartwarming to see and even with um sort of you know Joe Joe Biden's team sort of taking on the game in their marketing for the campaign it was actually cool to see that you know something that big and again you know that that serious sort of embrace a video game um, as something they see viable to reach um, you know their audience of potential voters. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a it's a big shame that Nintendo's sort of rolling back and they're pretty much making the game just the game. Like it's just like all right, you're only allowed to visit each other and do like the advertised things and not actually let the platform just evolve by itself and take have
1: the community take it where they want it to? I do I do think to some degree that it's uh understandable, I guess. Like at the end of the day with any social media platform, you have to have your rules and regulations. Yeah. And this is becoming big enough that it is becoming its own social media platform. Yeah. So when it comes to advertisers, I think it's completely fair and uh balanced to have that rule set? Yeah. I guess. When
0: it's not the whole thing like they literally say, you know, keep politics out of our game. It's like, all
1: right, guys. Now that being said, I'm waiting for the next Donald Trump tweet. It's like Animal Crossing voters <laughs> stole the election.
0: <laughs> God damn. Oh no. Gone Trumpy. Yeah, Trumpy. He'll be gone soon. And uh, the last one, Bryce, before we can stop talking about Nintendo's goddamn lawyers. They're, they're busy boys over at, uh, at Nintendo. So this was uh, one which is... Uh,
1: this is just stupid. Yeah, this is stupid.
0: So this one's actually from Nintendo Enthusiast, Bryce. And uh, the title is, Nintendo is banning Twitch streamers for playing horror, horror Warriors Age of Calamity. And the article reads, It is now official... Uh, Horror Warriors Age of Calamity is now available across the globe on Nintendo Switch. However, yesterday it brought an all-new calamity in the form of the banhammer from Nintendo. Multiple streamers on Twitch took to Twitter to inform their audience that Nintendo had banned them from the popular streaming platform over Age of Calamity. Nintendo has claimed that this was because of copyright infringement and or gameplay from an unreleased video game. This This is particularly odd uh, considering that the game was available in a variety of countries, including Australia, Japan, and all of Europe. Fortunately, the bans are temporarily lasting 48 hours uh, from when the ban was imposed. Nintendo is known to be quite strict with content creators um, over the use of its properties. This isn't the first time that this has happened, and these Age of Calamity bans are only the latest episode. Uh, two of the affected streamers are quite large, uh, quite large within the Nintendo community. Uh, Linkus Seven is well known as a well-known influencer in the Zelda community, holding the world record for a variety of speed runs in the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. Other streamer Reversal is also known a quite well-known character who dabbles in Nintendo content creation, primarily in the Pokemon series. So this was weird because I first saw this uh, with Reversal. He said on Twitter that he's been banned for playing Age Calamity, and it, what it pretty much breaks down to is uh, Nintendo America said, "Hey." It's, ga- <laughs> it's not out in America yet. That game's not out yet, but due to how the world works and how the sun revolves around the earth, um, we are ahead of America as far as the time zones go. So By yeah. about a full 12 hours. Yeah. So a, lo- a lot of content creation um, people, uh, content creators, they have a, whether it's an Australian, a European, or a New Zealand account so they can access games Um, the first in the world because of uh, New Zealand. Actually, everything launches there first just because of where they are in the time zones. Um, So content creators that make a living out of um, making content about brand new games, they'll automatically just go to their account and unlock the game straight away from one of those accounts. So Reversal, in his instance, he he, uh, logged into his European account. He started playing the game early. Nintendo America said, oh, wait, the game's not out yet and banned him along with uh, multiple other people, um, he put a video up on YouTube and he, he showed a, a, a basically a Twitch account that um, shows Twitch bans and just like posts them automatically. And there's been multiple Nintendo streamers being banned just because they're Nintendo streamers and... Um, they they're ex- playing AOC. Yeah, they're playing Age of Calamity as soon as it launched in you know Europe and Australia. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were getting banned by Nintendo American. it's just like one of those things like, like guys, there are... Uh,
1: other countries in the world. Like, seriously, like. Someone, um, some I think it was critical, put it eloquently today when he was talking about um, Slippy and then the Age of Calamity stuff. It was like, it's like Nintendo has a clock on their wall in the office and they're just like, they look at it and they're like, wait, that's not the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then they issue the bans and like, you know, it, it is... I like. I get it. Um, they are sort of like with with Twitch being primarily sort of an American American deal, and a lot of the audience being American and all that stuff. They're kind of like, yeah, you know, we don't want spoilers on the platform, but really, like a tw- a forty eight hour ban for streaming when technically it's perfectly legal for them to do it. Yeah, he bought the game. <laughs> he he bought the game. He got it. He got it when. The console had preloaded it. So he didn't he didn't collect it from a store and then bring it home and played it early. He got it from the eShop. So it was officially legally his. He downloaded it. And he played it. Yeah. So it would be one of those things like his like reversal,
0: because um, he he's the content creator. I follow out of um, this lot. Um, he reached out to Nintendo, but it won't be like, it'll be like a week or so when he actually gets a response from them. So the ban would have already been lifted well before he even gets a response. But I dare say it'll be one of those things when Nintendo actually get it, they'll be like, Oh no, that's fine. Sorry. Like it was probably just an automatic thing mm. that kicked in, but he did mention that like he, he did the exact same thing for, you know, super smash bros, Pokemon, like cause Pokemon's um, the series he specializes in. Um, but yeah, nothing happened for any of those games necessarily, but it was Age of Calamity, especially that uh, got this ban.
1: Um, Maybe they're trying a new automated system. It seems like it, yeah. And the automated system is not working. Obviously not no. correctly. So, like, it doesn't check. It doesn't check the time zone of where the streamer is or what have you. You know, I think that's yeah, probably what the reason of been. Because
0: how does it like? How does it work if I decided to stream on Twitch? Am I going to get banned from Nintendo Australia? No, sorry, Nintendo America. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's bullshit. Yes. Oh, uh, because yeah, some of these people that were banned were literally in Asia and yes, like different country. Yeah. Oh, that's yep. ridiculous. So yep. yeah, this is one of those things like Nintendo. You got to so- if it is an automated sort system, it out. Mm. Sort it out.
1: Yeah, please, please don't start issuing bans to Twitch streamers for no reason. Thanks. Because they, these are the especially with a, a game like Age of Calamity, you and I are very excited, very big Zelda fans, looking
0: forward to the story. But a lot of people are like, you know what? Oh, this is a bit different. It's a, it's a Musou game and that's not really my type of thing. So you get a lot of people actually looking up videos and exploring Twitch saying, what is this game all about? And these are the people that are going to sell this game to people that aren't quite sure. Absolutely. So don't, um, don't do this, Nintendo. No. All right, so moving away from Nintendo's lawyers, Bryce, we're moving into some Capcom news. So this is from gamesindustry.biz and the title is Capcom confirms it was a victim of a ransomware attack. The article reads, Capcom has confirmed today that it was the victim of a ransomware attack and has compromised employee personal information, financial data, and potentially um, other types of private data held by the company. In the release today, Capcom reveals that the incident took place on November 2nd, 2020 and was uh, perpetrated by an organization called uh, Rangar Locker, which was demanding ransom money in the attack on an encrypted data on the company's servers. So far, Capcom has verified that the personal information of the nine concurrent former employees was compromised, as well as an undisclosed sales reports and other financial information. In addition, the personal information and of a maximum of approximately. Uh, 350,000 business partners, former employees and customers may have been compromised along with the personal information of up to f- uh, 14,000 current employees and related parties and other unspecified confidential corporate information may have been compromised, uh, though Capcom has yet to uh, 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 ascertain um, how many were impacted. Capcom noted that none of the compromised data, including credit card information, uh The uh, Osaka police were alerted to the situation and the company is now conducting an investigation to determine the full scope of what information was compromised as well as uh, taken a number of measures to tighten security around its servers going forward. Capcom concluded by confirming it was safe to uh, connect to its games and websites and that it would be contacting those who the company confirmed had their data compromised to inform them of the specifics of the situation. So um, there was a obviously a very bad situation for Capcom having it started disclosed. Um, so just I feel really bad for the, all the employees and everything. But I guess um, as podcasters and people that like talking about the industry itself, there were some things about the, the uh, upcoming projects at Capcom um, that were also leaked in this information. So we'll go through them. Um, Just quickly, because there were some interesting tidbits in there. So this is uh, there was there was a heap of stuff coming out, you know, relating to the next Street Fighter, you know, being Street Fighter Six and all that, and that stuff obviously is in the works, and it could just be like a placeholder. It might not necessarily be like close to launch or be in active development. But a lot of that stuff came out. But the stuff relating to the Nintendo Switch um, included stuff like a new Ace Attorney game, which is coming to all platforms, but is also coming to Switch. Uh, information on Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, It turned out that that game was meant to be coming out this year, but it was delayed to March next year because of um, impacts on development because of coronavirus. And it also came out that uh, Monster Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2 is getting a PC port later in 2021, which is interesting because uh, obviously that game's um, exclusive to uh, Switch, but it's just going to be a timed exclusive uh, on on Switch. Um, Whether it will come to like other PlayStation, Xbox consoles after 2021, it's uh, unknown. And also uh, there's a mysterious project called uh, Project Guillotine coming to Nintendo Switch in February and other platforms in May. So no idea what that is, but it's got a little bit of timed exclusivity on uh, Switch, apparently, according to this leak, Mm -hmm. which we know nothing about. And if it's coming out February, well, that's interesting as well. It might be just like a a free-to-play multiplayer game that they're going to drop just randomly kind of similar to what they, you know, EA done with apex legends and stuff like that. Mm. Cause it's not, cause otherwise it doesn't make much sense just to drop it that quickly.
1: No, it doesn't. No. Mm. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that was the Capcom news. Uh, pretty quick to uh, get through. And, uh, this is, uh, about the sales in Japan, about the PS five and how they stack against Nintendo switch. So this is a uh, pulling from an article from Nintendo enthusiast. And, uh, I'm just going to jump straight to the meat and potatoes of the article. So according to the latest data of Famitsu, PS5 sold a a combined um, 118,000 units to the Switch's family, uh, 116,000. So Switch only just got outsold by a couple of thousand units on the first week, which is uh, pretty impressive. But keep in mind, this is Japan. Mm -hmm. Uh, That breaks down to... um, 103,000 standard Pairs 5 consoles and 14,000 of the digital edition. Not a bad start for the new year of PlayStation. However, it's important to note that this is a brand new console mashed up against one of its nearing its fourth birthday. Uh, Switch sold uh, uh, th- uh, 329,000 units during its Japanese debut in 2017, so Sony has its work cut out. Japan has been trending... Um, Away from favoring home consoles for many years, with handhelds and mobile devices dominating in their stead. The portable nature of the Switch is a major key to its success in Japan. That said, the fact of the PS5 eclipse uh, 100,000 with such hefty price tag is still impressive. So, just interesting to bring up the sales figures. (laughs) Bryce is laying on the bed. We're recording a podcast now. I like
1: it. It was getting a bit sore on the floor there. A bit sore on the floor. My back's getting a bit sorrier too, but I'm locked in. Mm locked in for a little bit longer. So,
0: yeah. Um it's it, like I said, it's not a surprise. Um the switch is made for Japanese audiences with the PS5 um just from the sheer size of the thing. It's made for, you know, US consumers and European and the Western mm-hmm. audience uh, primarily. Yeah. And PlayStation has been moving to that sort of audience over the course of the PS4, so it's not surprising in the least. No. So, yeah. Um, moving on another article from Nintendo enthusiast. Uh, switch sales contribute to record uh, gaming sales revenue for NVIDIA. So the article reads, you've probably heard a thing or two about how a Nintendo switch has been selling this year. A global pandemic has forced people inside with many turning to gaming as an entertainment source. Uh, this trend is extremely beneficial to gaming hardware and software companies with Nintendo reporting very positive uh, physical results. However, Uh, It isn't just Nintendo benefiting from the Switch specifically. NVIDIA is making bank as well. NVIDIA is the manufacturer behind the internal chipset used for the Switch systems. Basically, a lot of NVIDIA tech powers the console. Uh, uh, As a result, the incredibly high software sales from the Switch right now are certainly pleasing NVIDIA. As the manufacturer mentioned the Switch in a recent earnings call. Colak Cress, like CFO of Nvidia, said, quote, "We also have record gaming console revenues on strong demand for the Nintendo Switch, in a conference." Uh, end quote. In, uh, in the conference, in regards to how the platforms, the company spoke about how GeForce Now is cl- cloud streaming service. However, the company doesn't have its hands anywhere near the major console pile at present. Rival company, uh, rival company M. Uh, AMD manufactures the chipsets seen in all recent and upcoming PlayStation and Xbox systems. So uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, you would think that, uh, then that NVIDIA would be keen to keep its partnership going with Nintendo. Uh, with Nintendo Switch Pro Room is still doing the rounds. We would expect to see NVIDIA chipset present in that device. In the call, the company said, stay tuned for more devices to come in the future. Sadly, no formal hints have been made towards the Switch Pro just yet. So yeah, um, just uh, with everything going on with uh, Nvidia and even that, even that just that little bit of like, oh, stay stay tuned. I'm really hoping that the Switch Pro is next year and uh, we do get that upgrade because I'm really waiting
1: for it. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all do. I think we all want um, something that's a little bit more capable. Um, I don't know what what lengths they're going to have to go to to make it what we want, though. I think that's the biggest concern. Um, I don't know if they're going to have to make the hardware bigger than what it already is or, you know, what what have you. I think, um, like, it's a big ask sort of... um, though it's been a couple of years now and sort of technology is changing and developing and what have you. But for us to sort of reach um, what had come out in the uh, developers call out uh, it was a couple of months ago now when they said they wanted to be ready for 4K, like I feel like there's going to be a bit of a size difference between the two because I feel like the system is going to be needing a lot of internal calling more than it already has. Uh, considering how hot the console already gets when running something like Breath of the Wild for a few hours. um, I feel like trying to run it at higher resolutions, regardless whether it's docked or undocked, is probably going to require some more cooling in there. Um, But, yeah, um, it's pretty obvious that NVIDIA's done well, both in terms of, you know, themselves and for Nintendo. So I think it'd be... uh, Pretty interesting to see what NVIDIA can sort of cook up to put in a pro system.
0: Mm. I agree. Very much so. It'd be interesting if uh, NVIDIA partnered with Nintendo during the Wii U era, see how happy they would have been then. (laughs) We've got all these uh, chips to put in systems, but
1: no one's buying them. Exactly. (laughs) Oof. It'd
0: be funny if like one of the quotes was, well, well, now that we're there, people are interested in Nintendo systems, so it's all of us. It's the, it's the only reason people are buying it. That's how strong our brand is. And uh, investors are like, oh, that's fantastic. No, they're like, buy a shield. <laughs> yeah, buy a shield. You can play Wii games on that, you can't on the Switch. <laughs> play Mario Galaxy on Switch now, so there's that. <laughs> so, Bryce, moving on. So, there's been a 1.1.0 update to uh, Super Mario All Stars that enables GameCube controller support in Mario Sunshine and activates an inverse camera controls. So I'm just gonna read the uh, the dot points from Nintendo's press release here. So players can now invert the camera controls within all individual titles. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine now supports the GameCube controller and uh, players can now play this title using the same controllers found in the original GameCube release. The, the Nintendo GameCube controller for Super Mario Sunshine is now supported in TV only mode. Uh, you'll need the GameCube controller adapter to use this controller with your Nintendo Switch system. The Nintendo Switch Lite system does not include this controller option. All button displays uh, within Super Mario Sunshine will not reflect the GameCube controller. Uh, Other general fixtures have been applied to overall gameplay experiences of all three titles. So a lot of people are saying, well, since this game is limited release, only disappearing from all basically storefronts at at the end of March, um, it's like, hmm, it's kind of weird that they're sort of updating it. So I guess uh, off the bat, what do you think of them adding GameCube's controller support to this? And do you see them sort of
1: separating these titles and still having them on the eShop because
0: they are still supporting them?
1: Um, It's kind of good because uh, provided that the GameCube controllers work how they're intended, which I hope, you know, is a thing, Um, It's good for people who want to play it in its original form, especially with how flood works and how water pressure works with the um, analog triggers. Uh, It's obviously, you know, pretty important to the game itself. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you're out of luck if you've got a light. Shit happens, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, because
0: you can't plug it in. It's USB-A, yeah, it's exactly. not USB-C. There are adapters out there that you probably can buy, like third-party controllers, that if you really want to play a GameCube controller on your Switch Lite, you'll be able to get a USB-C to USB-A converter and you will be able to use it if you look into it and get the right product. Yeah, maybe. Because maybe. there are ways to use wired, like, you know, like there's Power A controllers that um, can't be used out of docked mode, but you can get adapters and that to make them work. Um, so there is that option. If you really want that, I don't see why you would want that if you've got a Switch Lite, but um, it can be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so moving on, Bryce. Uh, another one from Nintendo Enfusia. So this is an interesting one. This is actually pretty cool. So Super Mario Bros. 3 sealed first run copy sells for $1,056 Oh, Not million. <laughs> 156000 I don't know why I said million at the end of that. That would be an impressive um, feat for the game. So it sold that at auction. So the article reads, it turns out that the sealed copies of the old classic video games have become a new Auction Comics 1 and Amazing amazing Fantasy 15 of the collector's world. Uh, to fer- further ent- uh, uh, uh that at uh, this point, a sealed first-run copy of Super Mario Bros. 3 for NES has sold for 1056 uh, and Yeah, 156,000. Don't know what I'm getting there at uh, Heritage Auction. An absolute wild amount of money. What makes the first run of Super Mario Bros. 3 especially noteworthy from a collective perspective uh, is apparently just the placement of the logo. Bros appears flush among the left side of the box on this version, but its placement was changed in a, a subsequent runs so that it was no longer covering Mario's glove. It really does look better the new way. Heritage Auctions claims it was not terrifically easy to find this version of the game, let alone a sealed copy with a WATA 9.1 A-plus grading. Now, the first run of the Super Mario Bros. 3 gained 20 bids on the road to 156000 and the auction had opened up with a starting bid of oh, uh, $62,500. Um, it's pretty impressive that this auction earned so much, whereas a, a prototype copy of Super Mario Bros. 3 sold for only 30, $31,000 back in September. Uh, in any case, this is far from the most expensive piece of gaming memorabilia. As with coverage, invo- uh, as with coverage involving heritage auctions, the Nintendo PlayStation sold for uh, 360000 back in March. So yeah, interesting that there's just like just this one difference that you can see that it's a first run copy where the bros is just on the left side instead of in the middle where we you know, typically know it to be. Yeah. And uh, it's just a, a cool little uh, story of that, you know, if if you won the lottery, Bryce, we talked about winning the lottery last week, but as a big Nintendo fan, would this be something you'd be like, yeah, I'll buy that
1: and put <laughs> it in my bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> no, the first thing I'd do if I was, uh, you know, winning the lottery in. And- had the option to spend that money would be literally just buying a whole bunch of old, old consoles and uh, old games. And then just like building a whole shelf. Yeah. Cause think about it,
0: $156,000 in American. So think about the type of house that would buy you in our small oh. hometown because the housing market is really cheap um, in rural Australia at the moment where we are. So you, you can buy a very nice house that will happily house, you know,
1: your two kids and if you get a loan on top of that, a loan on top of that, you'd be paying pretty cheaply on the loan as well, and get something even more extravagant out of it. Yeah. So I'll be quite
0: happy just to download a copy of uh Bros. Three with my online subscription <laughs> and keep the money for myself. But yeah, it's, sure. it's cool that collectors out there um, are keeping like you know these little tidbits of history alive.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, because before this story, I didn't know there was like a first run copy with like you know little differences. No. Neither did I. All right, so the next one, Bryce. This is a uh, I've pulled this from Vux.net, and uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons Island app and Resident Transfer app are now uh, finally available. So this is something we've been talking about Animal Crossing New Horizons for a fair while now, and uh, it's just like annoying that you can't move your save back back and forth and what have you, and that it doesn't support cloud uh, save data. So now it finally does. And the, the article in Vox reads, At long last, Nintendo has, reached a mechanism, has released a, a mechanism to move your Animal Crossing New Horizons island from one Switch to another. You can also move out one resident to a new island or an existing island, uh, something we weren't expecting. Nintendo added an island backup feature uh, a number of months ago. And while this did backup your island into the cloud, um, it could only be received by phoning Nintendo support after you had lost or had your Switch stolen. Not ideal. This now means there are three ways to move your island and its residents around. The first two are the new ones. So you've got your entire island transfer. This moves your entire island to a new console. You must uh, have both your new and old consoles to do this. When you transfer, the island will no longer be playable on the old one. And uh, you can move just a single resident. So with the single resident move feature, this will move the resident off your island to a new or existing New Horizons island. Um, on another console if you want to kick off your little brother off your island this is how you do it and there's the island backup and restore this is an existing method of the island backup and you should have it um, have this one just in case this means you could restore your island to a new system should yours be lost or stolen so we finally got some updates there. Still not ideal. I'd rather it just support the cloud functionality like... Yeah, me too. Like majority of other games do. Not everyone does. Uh, the big one I'm still frustrated by is Pokemon, but you can understand that people will be cloning their Pokemon left and right. Um, the exploits that are in that game as there is, people are
1: using, utilizing them. So if you uh, give them that, it'll be even worse. But The market's more sinister these days too because people could then just clone and clone and clone and clone legitimate copies of like 6iV Pokemon and sell them online, which has been a thing for a while. Yeah. And just going off the Animal Crossing news as well. So there's been a new update
0: and there's been a new video by Nintendo that sort of outlines the uh, a brand new update. Um, so there's Turkey Day and Toy Day, along with new emotes, items, uh, things to do during those holidays. Um, not going to go through everything uh, here, but Bryce, is this – does um, these new holiday events make you want to turn on the game again and get back into things?
1: Not particularly. Um, I've had my time with it, I think. I've played well over 100 hours, um, and that was mostly within the first few months. And to be honest, I'm at the point where I'm like, you know how you get with Animal Crossing or Pokemon games or what have you, where you're just like, I kind of just want to start again now. But I know that'd be dumb to do, so I mm. just don't. It takes a long time to get things moving in that game. Yeah, it does. Uh, honestly,
0: Toy Day with, like, the Christmas aesthetic and everything, that that will get me to turn on the game again come December 1st. I just love the it's, – it's, it's kind of weird here because this is the first Animal Crossing game where we get to choose that we're in the southern hemisphere. And without that snow aesthetic, it's going to be weird. I know. I know that's what our everyday life is, where we don't have snow and, you know, the bright lights and the dark clouds and all that. We have, like, you know, 40-degree days – Wearing like a Christmas hat is a, it? it's just you're just inviting sweat yeah. to your head, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, it, it is weird without that aesthetic. So I'll be interested to see what it's like. But I, I, love, I love Christmas, like just the whole aesthetic of Christmas trees, lights, and yeah, the Christmas hat. So I reckon I will turn it on to make sure I get those items. But Turkey Day is an Australian nah, nah, <laughs> that's nah, not a nah. thing we do. Um, it's a thing I wish we did because another holiday on the lead up to the holidays and excuse to eat. That sounds pretty good in my books, but it's, not, it's something we don't do. So. That's right, yeah. Um, and so this is the last story before we uh, wraps, wrap things up, Bryce. So this is from Vooks.net as well. And this is um, some brand new LEGO sets on the way. So the article reads, uh, LEGO has announced a, a raft of new, new Super Mario Bros. sets, expansions, character packs, and power-up suits. The latest new set is called uh, the Maker Set. This essentially is a free-for-all design-wise, but it comes with a new contraption called the Customization Machine. This machine lets you uh, program Mario to react to custom blocks. There's also a new yellow pipe that gives more, more rewards, but takes time off Mario. Throw in some new enemy types, and this one just lets you make whatever you want. There's also a new uh, there's also a number of new expansion sets including chain chomp jungle encounter expansion set, piranha plant puzzling ex- challenge expansion set and the Wigglers poison swamp expansion set. all of new set these new sets contain a poison block which is that which is new to the Mario Lego world. There's also a new penguin and tanuki suit for Mario as well as new series of blind bags including spiny Cheep Cheep, uh, ninji. Uh, uh parachute, uh, parachute goomba, fly guy, a a thwimp, and others. All these sets will be released next year on January first, and have a local pricing, uh, and we'll have a local pricing details once LEGO send them over. So cool stuff for anyone who's collecting some of the LEGO stuff. I know some people in our community in their Discord have uh, bought some of the Mario stuff. So if you're in for keeping up with all the sets, ready your wallets because there are a few more sets coming up. Personally, um, not that much into Lego, and I don't want to spend that much money on the Lego. <clears> so
1: <throat> even Mario hasn't got me to buy it. I kind of just want that NES. I think that's like the only thing that I'm like. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah, that, that, that the NES is
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the thing with like um, a, like Mar- like Peach's Castle would get me to buy it. Um, The NES is like Oh I want that But not quite These like more play sets Where it's like you know The type of sets I had as a kid Where I'm actually physically playing Like not so much It's not so much of a display piece It is for your kids to play around on the floor And beep and bop on the enemies and stuff Yeah yeah. So just before we wrap the news up Bryce These are just some things I want to go over So uh, just some real tidbits Before we wrap things up So uh, Nintendo Australia's eBay store Is shutting down on the 30th of November so, if you are a frequent buyer on Nintendo's eBay store, it is shutting down soon here in Australia. But have a look. You better have a look. Yes, uh, Doom Eternal on Switch is now a digital-only game. Uh, people were, oh. yeah, people were being a little bit concerned because people's pre-orders were getting uh, cancelled. So a lot of people were thinking that maybe the game was being cancelled. But uh, apparently, it's, uh, it is coming soon, but it is now digital only which uh, you can imagine how big that game's going to be. So I think they just said, you know what, bugger it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, this is a, a, a little bit of a frustrating one, but it won't affect you, Bryce. But uh, David Beckham isn't going to be included in the Switch version. Oh, dear of, Lord. <laughs> of FIFA 21. And I just wrote here in brackets, because EA, um, we, we know that the FIFA versions are just ports of like the very first one that came out and nothing else is being put on there. It is frustrating for um, actual football fans who want to see maybe their favorite football player in the game. But we've, we've known for a few years that that version on switch is uh, no longer the one you should be buying, which is frustrating. Like I said, EA, and this is just a a, a, a bit of a, I guess a PSA for those who want a good deal. So uh, this is for Aussie listeners. So Coles, uh, We'll be having fifteen percent off eShop codes from the twenty fifth of November to December first. So if you want to save some money, go to Coles, buy some gift cards, load them up to the eShop, and if you pair them with, uh, you know, the the vouchers, you'll be saving uh, a pretty good amount of money. You'll be able to get first party Nintendo games that are typically eighty bucks for under sixty, about fifty seven bucks. You'll be able to get Nintendo games if you uh, pair those two deals together. Yeah. So not bad. I, I um quite often get on like the big W deals or whatever. So um, get the Coles if that's your supermarket of choice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yes. So, bros, we're going to be doing something a little bit different today. We've got a, a bit of a new segment here. I know you want to get away, so we're just introducing a brand new segment just for you, mate. Just doing it real quick. <laughs> real quick, Bros. Well, but we've still got a bit to go yet, mate, so hold on. Hold on. You sweating over there? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. (laughs) Uh, Good. So we're we're calling this segment, the house of Mario's red coin recommendations. And it's us going through some of the eShop games that came out in the last week. And also some of the good deals that are on because quite we've been sort of trialing it over the uh, course of this year, just being pulling up games that we were interested in, whether it's because they are generally we're generally interested in them or because they just look a bit silly. <laughs> like Bryce brought up last year, but he that Santa game for twelve bucks. But look, yeah, in that last episode, yeah, which, which looked like a mobile game, which apparently isn't on mobile, just physically on PlayStation Four. <laughs> so Bryce, uh, let's uh, see what the jingle. We're gonna try the jingle for the first time. Oh, mm. 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 oh yeah, here we go, mate. Wah-ha! All right, so this is the House of Mario. <laughs> it's, like, it's funny
1: when we're actually like live doing it. Do,
0: do, 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 do. So, Bruce, did you actually end up getting any or is it they're just coming from me?
1: I think they're just coming from you. Well, oh, that's right. At the time, I was sorting out the kids and you are like,
0: pick one! And I'm
1: like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm trying to get my shit together. Yeah, I didn't have the time. That's okay, mate. So I've got three here. So the first
0: one is an obvious one. It's the first party Nintendo game. It's the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. And uh, yeah, get on it. We already know about it. If you're a big Nintendo fan, big Zelda fan, you might have already got it or been considering it you probably played a lot more than me because I haven't played any yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one is Sackner of Rice and Ruin, and this is one I've been looking forward, well, not looking forward to, but keeping my eye on mm. for, uh, what was it? It was based in Nintendo Direct earlier this year. I'm like, wow, that looks really pretty. And since then, uh, friend, friends of the show, uh, Ryan Betts and, and Paul James, they actually did a, a review cast over on the Pop PopCulturist's um, for the players, feed on their YouTube channel and their uh, and podcast services, and they said they both said that it's one of their contenders for games game of the year. Yeah, which is big from um, Ryan because he's not into like anime-looking aesthetic games, and um, even even similar for Paul. So basically, the synopsis for this game on the eShop is: uh, Spoiled Harvest Goddess Sakuna finds her finds herself banished. Uh, from the opulent celestial home of the island, overrun with demons. In this untamed wilderness, she must rediscover her birthright as the daughter of the warrior god and harvest, <laughs> harvest godress, uh, uh, yeah, godress by weathering, uh, yeah, weathering elements, fighting monsters, and captivating rice. The source of her power... Um, yeah. The, that's, the rice is the source of her power, Bryce. How do you feel about that? Oh, delicious. Sometimes I feel like the rice is the source of my power yeah, too. Yeah,
1: it definitely is for me too, mate. I love fried rice. Yeah, yeah. I don't
0: think they're having fried rice in this game. There's no air fryer oh, or just, anything. But.
1: Just rice with anything, mate. You know, you just... That's the thing is rice goes with everything. It is. So it also goes with the source of your power. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. What type of sauce would her power be? Like, you know, you got to put sauce with
0: the rice. Uh, katsudon curry, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, by, <laughs> by her side is the forbidding place in her guardian Tamara and a group of outcast humans together these unlikely companions must join hands to tame both the soil and the demons of Honestine Island so this one looks cool it's uh, $60 on the Australian eShop so this one like I've got really no time for games at the moment so this is in my wish list definitely and the last one is uh, Mice-topia. So this is, it's current, it's $8 on the eShop, it's currently 20% off for $6.39. And it's uh, basically a Metroidvania game that has like a really quite nice pixel art style. So it's obviously uh, quite cheap um, at the moment and yeah, it kind of just scratches my itch as far as aesthetics with the pixel art goes. So, the synopsis on the eShop is, welcome to the medieval magical kingdom of Mice-topia where mice live in a freely uh, uh, in a freely uh, country village. Unfortunately, as the story begins, forces of evil have taken away all the mice, except for one elder remaining. Can you become the hero of Topia and save your villages from the dark minions? So if you're interested in uh, saving 20% on that game, the sale ends, of, ends on the 6th of December. So get on that. And that's uh, our red coin recommendations for this week, Bryce. Beautiful. Beautiful. You reckon, have I sold you on any of those games?
1: Uh, I'm interested in Sukuna.
0: You're like, oh, I might get horror warriors. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to buy it digitally. I'm a little bit depressed about it because I wanted it physically, but because of the lockdown, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. But... Oh, well, lockdown's over, bros. It is now, but, you know, I knew we were going to be talking about it at least a little bit this week, and I'm kind of like, well, I can't not buy Age of Calamity. <laughs> Look, I guess I'm just downloading it digitally then. So, yeah, mm. here we are. Luckily, I've got the space on my Switch these days, so it's good. Yeah, big SD card, download all those bad boys. And yeah, 512 gigabyte SD card always feels nice in a Switch. It does. Feels so good.
0: Oh, oh feels so good. I've got a 400 gig card and I had to delete some stuff to get Horror Warriors on it.
1: <laughs> it's because you buy everything digitally. Yeah, like a real man. No, not like a real man at all. <laughs> Like a fake man, okay. You like you like lose yourself a lot of money that way if you want to keep all your games downloaded at one time because mm. you have to buy multiple very expensive micro SD cards as well as the games. It's not very cost effective, is it? Yeah, I'll tell that to my Xbox where I bought a buddy, three hundred dollar bloody, <laughs> bloody ex- expansion drive for it. Uh, you know what? I can I can excuse that a little bit because you can actually uh just you know. Take it out of one Xbox, bring it into the lounge room, put it in the other Xbox, and you don't have to download oh, it again. it's convenient, it is it's very convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All
0: right, Bryce. Since you were complaining about uh, staying here a bit longer, we've got to, we've got to go into Reggie's rec room just to discuss one more thing, then we can let you go uh, to pick up your kids. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. So, in the Reggie's rec room, Bryce. Um, I think I think Reggie's feeling all right. We'll, we'll see what he's like. <laughs>
1: Hi, Nintendo Oh, thank fan. God, he's, he's lost. Reggie here. <laughs> Silly. Thank you for your never-ending support, for giving me a Mushroom Kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget.
0: Ever. All right, Bryce. So this week in Reggie director room, I want to talk about the Game Award nominees. So earlier this week, uh, the Game Award nominees were officially announced, mm-hmm. and uh, Nintendo... You know, it's been a quiet year for Nintendo, so uh, they don't have like it's not a massive year for them like it was in twenty seventeen where they just were in nearly every category. No, yeah, Uh, but they have uh, managed to get uh, six uh, uh, nominations across all the categories. So, just going through uh, some of the games and the categories they're in. So, Pokemon Cafe Mix is in for Best Mobile Game. Animal Crossing New Horizons is in for Best Family Game. Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is in for Best Family Game. Paper Mario The Origami King is in for Best Family Game. Animal Crossing New Horizons is in for Best Multiplayer. And the big one, Animal Crossing New Horizons, is in for Game of the Year. So also for Game of the Year, and that's the topic we will discuss for this episode. So also going up for Game of the Year is Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades and the last of us part 2 and of course animal crossing new horizons so nintendo does have um some pretty stiff competition some very stiff competition
1: mm.
0: so let's um how do you feel about the uh, animal crossing new horizons chance obviously compared to the other games in the list uh it's just completely different as far as just like tone aesthetic gameplay like it's nothing like the last of us or doom eternal or yeah, like even Hades, like Hades is a console exclusive on Nintendo Switch, so maybe you can sort of put it in the Nintendo camp at the moment. But yeah, you know, it's only going to be a timed exclusive, so I wouldn't bet too much on that. But yeah, how do you feel about uh, Animal Crossing being up for Game of the Year? Obviously, it's had a huge impact on what 2020 was for gaming.
1: Oh, it'll it'll run, it'll win off. Like I don't think it'll win, but if it does win, it'll win off of social construct alone. <laughs> Yeah. Like that's the only reason it's going to win. Like it, it is it is a very good improvement on Animal Crossing as a whole, but it is also you know, it's it's not it's not breaking any huge grounds that we've never seen before either. It is really very much just like people pick this game up to play with friends and in a, in a time where coronavirus is a thing, it came out at the absolute perfect time to catch everyone's attention, which is well you know the reason it's there i guess i think its chances um overall are uh, pretty solid um simply because of the sheer amount that it's sold if yeah. anything um i'm not sure how to feel about um doom eternal i'm not sure if doom eternal's going to push for the win this year as much as you know it's 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 a pretty good in a uh, pretty good sequel um I don't think anybody's expecting Doom Eternal to win over maybe uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which uh, I feel also got a little bit of a criticism when it came out as well, but I feel like it's also probably one of the stronger games this year. Um, And The Last of Us 2 I see being very lopsided, (laughs) and I don't think it'll win.
0: Yeah, because just the whole fact that, like, obviously there's judges around the video game industry and they put this list together and then they leave it up to the public to vote. And just just the fact that uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons has sold 24 million copies and it's affected so many people positively this year, you can definitely see it t- just taking it away just because of that vote. Uh, whether that audience is the type of audience that will be focusing on the Game Awards and voting, not quite sure. Because obviously a lot of people would have picked up, um, like, say, The Last of Us, Animal Crossing, like, like myself, like, picked up all of these games. And, like, whether they say, like, oh, well, I'm going to vote Animal Crossing for Game of the Year, it's, it's, it's to be seen. But I think just from how popular it is, that it definitely has a shot. Um, but personally for me, like, you look at, say, I look at, say, Doom Eternal, like, I haven't played it, but you can just see in sort of how it sort of shaped the year of 2020. But it was, like, a fantastic first-person shooter, but, you know, that's what it is. Like, it's it's nothing too much more. If you look at, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake, it took a classic and made it into a completely new game, expanded it, like, beyond what anyone expected, and just, like, fantastic graphics, voice acting and everything. Like, it's just, like, a great game.
1: I think it's going to be a throwaway between that, Ghost of Tsushima and Animal Crossing, I think.
0: Yeah. And, like, Ghost of, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, like, it was very popular when it came out. And uh, just with its recent DLC, um, basically adding multiplayer and raid mechanics and stuff into the game, a lot of people really enjoyed that, and that gave it a second kick just recently. Um, Hades was a is was also a game people really enjoyed. Um, I don't I don't see it getting um, enough votes, but and like personally, like I played through I played Hades. And I really enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it enough just to keep banging my head into the wall and redoing things again and again. yeah like I, I played it for like like probably three hours, and I got to the point where I beat the first boss. I'm like, "Oh, thank God, I get past it, and I do like a really amazing run and I get past it. When I get sent back, I'm like, "Oh no, and I'm back at the first boss, and I didn't have the setup that I really enjoyed when I got that really good run. Mm-hmm. But I lost at the first boss again, I'm like, "You know what? nah." <laughs> I think, like, personally, out of, like, those types of games, I'd rather play Dead Cells, personally. But that's just personal, personal touch. Yep. And um, The Last of Us Part Two, I feel like this was a super div- diverse, uh, divisive game from a story point of, point of view. But I fell, in, I fell into the camp where I really enjoyed the story. And just the other aspects of the game are just spot on, just from graphics, presentation, uh, performance of all the characters. It's just really excellent. And even the gameplay, I felt I really enjoyed the gameplay. So uh, I think personally for me, I'd probably vote for The Last of Us Part 2. But keep in mind that comes from a point of view of not yet playing Ghost of Tsushima because...
1: (laughs) Not playing through all of Final Fantasy VII Remake.
0: Not playing for all of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So like, yeah, very limited. But yeah, I was going to play Ghost of Tsushima. I got that game ready for when I got my wisdom teeth out, but then it got cancelled another time. Ah, uh, yeah. So I had it ready to go, but yeah. I'm I'm actually not too worried about it now because with the PS5, there's actually a PS5 update to make it run better. So I'm like, oh, yeah, good. I'm like, that's all good then. Doesn't matter. So yeah. Interesting, nevertheless. Good hmm. luck, like, uh, Animal Crossing and uh, the other Nintendo games in the categories. So if you want to check out the categories, you can go to thegameawards.com, check them all out. Um, but yeah, only uh, six uh, nominees for Nintendo across all of the
1: categories. Hmm. hmm. Mm. Mm.
0: so Bryce that's it we can wrap the show up and we can get you home and beautiful uh, wonderful stuff Mm. so everybody thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario episode 169 if you enjoy the show you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your platform or your podcast platform of choice you can follow us on Twitter you can follow me at iAdRuby you can follow the show at The House of Mario and you can follow Bryce at iVRevan you can join our Discord community via the invite in the show notes um, and it will be a wonderful place for you to join our community and, you know, be a part of the show. And uh, thank you very much to our Patreon producers being Luke, Levenead, Sam Hay and DJ. Really appreciate you guys supporting us on Patreon and, uh, you know, helping out with just the the costs of the podcast. So really, really appreciate it. And uh, I can't say how much I appreciate it. Just really do. It means a lot. I think this podcast of Bryce and I just, um, it makes our week. So having people just really supporting it in that way, because I know how um, much of a commitment or, you know, what it is to, uh, you know, your wallet, especially in a year like this where it's, uh, you know, not so easy. Absolutely. So really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. And this week's Nintendo jukebox is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity main theme remix by Silver Tom Media. You can follow them on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter, and uh, you can find all of those links in the show notes below to uh, go and check out uh, uh, Silver Tom Media and uh, check out all their stuff. I just found them on SoundCloud by typing in um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, and it came up like, oh, this is quite nice. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So, guys, until next week, the doors to the House of Mario
1: are closed. Catch you later. Sayonara.